Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Fiction, science fiction, horror, fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the house of mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino. John Copenhaver and Al Warren. Heard on KCB 106.5 FM Los Angeles. 102.3 FM Riverside. And 105.0 AM Palm Springs. Oh, welcome back into the House of Mystery. And uh, today we've got returning guest, Blake I am delicious. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that out there. You never know. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> what's going on with you? Uh, you haven't been back since June, but um, you're always a happy guy. So this is a, a nice cheery interview today. <laughs> well, I am at the moment. Let's just put it that way. I don't know. It's hard to be cheery when it's you know when you're locked into your in your little quarantine world, but. I'm working on it. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, but when okay, so does it did it affect your writing? So since the pandemic and all this sort of all the crazy stuff this last year, um, do you find yourself unable to write or slowed down or kind of not as happy in writing or like has it affected you? Well, you know, so we talked what seven months ago. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, so. I did really well with the quarantine until around, I guess, November, maybe October. And that's when everything kind of got really, the walls started coming in on me a little bit. Um, so I has it affected my writing? I Yeah, absolutely. So I try to write five hours a day at the very least. And I find that I'm so hungry for human interaction. <laughs> I spend a little bit too much time on social media. Um, and I also, you know, spend time out walking in my, I, I live, you know, as we talked about last time, I live in an RV with my husband and dog. And so we're currently in this uh, park, uh, Thousand Trails Park. And I have quite a few neighbors here for the winter. And so I find myself walking amongst them just to be around other human beings. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it definitely has has affected my writing. My creativity isn't quite as quite as good. Um, I will be very happy when this is over, Alan. I really would like it to be over. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think that um, that's part of the problem. But um, it's the anxiousness. It's the um, and 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 I have to say, there's just a little bit too much of this. Um, like last year. Oh, it'll it'll be over quick. It'll be over by summer. It'll be over by winter. It'll be over by next year. You know, all that talk. I think we have to really look at 
at it taking two to three years? Well, you know, it depends on what, I guess this, um, you know, my husband's a registered nurse, so I hear very often about, um, you know, what's going on in the whole world. But I think it depends on how the vaccine goes. I know, I, you know, we have a new, a new direction um, in Washington, D.C., so hopefully, you know, that will spur some, some uh, activity and, and we'll get vaccinated and, and we, it will put a little bit of an end to it, <laughs> at least enough that people can go out and be around other people. Yeah, I, I think I, well, you know, I kind of looked at the uh, history of the, the last pandemic and, uh, and, and it just takes time, you know, to get everybody to get a shot and get on board and, and uh, to evolve into a, better place i think if we would have looked at it when it started as this would be a two to three year process it would take away some of the anxiousness because people feel like it oh it's just going on too long and why doesn't it you know get solved but i i don't know i think no um, human beings are social creatures so even if we know it's going to take three years i still think people would be anxious I, i think we we need we need interaction i do i miss it i do i do yeah, of course. It's always good. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know. I don't know what we can do about it because I look at things like, okay, Super Bowl coming up, and, and, and it seems like people are still, they're so focused on getting on with sports and with all these things that are normal. It's like, why? Uh, I, can't, can't we just give it up for a year or two? Well, I think when it all started, we, we weren't given really clear expectations, so when things started out, you know, last January, when it started hitting uh, the United States really bad, it, we someone should have stood up and said, hey, we've got a pandemic coming. This is what you're going to have to do to stay safe. Uh, if you don't stay safe, other people don't stay safe. Um, and then we have people like New Zealand who actually thought someone did that. Uh, they gave direction and leadership in the beginning. And as a result, New Zealand has very little or no COVID. I have a friend that lives in Grand Cayman, and it's the same with them. They are basically able to live um, Hmm. COVID-free. They don't have to wear masks. They can come and go as they want. They don't have any tourism or very little. Right. But, yeah, for real. Well, I think most of the countries uh, in the world have done better. (laughs) Yeah, the poor UK, they haven't. Well, they've, they've had some bads, but you know, they're so tight. They're, they're in such a small country with so many people. You're right. That's absolutely right. I, I keep forgetting the, you know, the British Isles are the size of one of our states. Yeah, and you put everybody in there. And that's crazy. Actually, they've done well considering how bad, uh, how, how densely populated they are. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's... Um, it's a mess. Um, well, you know, uh, so, so, but you managed to get some stuff out since our last talk. So um, you, you were doing this What's This Chance uh, series. So what's, what's the story behind this? You know, that's a, fun, that's a fun little twist. So when I started in 2019, I, I opened a Facebook page under my pen name, Blake Allwood. Um, and Immediate, I'm like within the first week, I had gay men who began sending me questions like Dear Abby questions. <laughs> what do I do when this boy, you know, my boyfriend is, or I would like to have a boyfriend? I don't know. So I don't have a clue why they thought I would have answers. <laughs> clearly, they thought I did. Um, and the overwhelming theme that I got from these, uh, especially the ones who wanted a boyfriend, is how bitter they were about exes. So a bad relationship uh, had led to another bad relationship. And as I asked them questions, it almost always came down to the fact that they assumed all men did the same thing. You know, John Smith over here, he messed, he screwed me over, he cheated on me, he wasn't honest, whatever. And so they go into their next relationship believing the same thing. 
So that inspired me. And um, I wrote about two men, Martin and uh, uh, Peter. And they had a relationship. Uh, Peter's mom ended up trashing Martin and they were engaged. They ended up breaking up. And so that was the premise for the whole story. Um, and Love by Chance is about, Love by Chance is about uh, the book that I wrote in response to this. And it's about how Martin, who was screwed over by Peter and his mom, ended up overcoming his past so that he could fall in love with Elian, who is this darling, absolute, amazing, Cuban, Latin lover. <laughs> I made Elian kind of the perfect guy, at least in my head. And um, Martin really, you know, didn't give him much of a chance. So I, I made Elian work really hard. And ultimately, Mar you know, Martin did too. So that's where Love by Chance, the, the book that came out, I, I, I published that one in July. And I published Peter's book. Uh, at the same time. So Peter, you know, is the one who, who screwed up with Martin and uh, his mom, which I call Matilda the Hun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Martin's, uh, Martin's a part of the first of Peter's book. But Peter's book, it goes a totally different direction. Um, that's the first book I've written with a, a bisexual character. Um, Trevor, the other main character in the book, uh, is bisexual. He has a newborn baby named Luca. And Peter is also the first. Well, I, you know, I have a, I have a, a contemporary romance that I wrote, um, Romantic Renovations, that has a suspense plot twist. But, but Another Chance with Love is much more suspense romance than Romantic Renovations. Hmm. When, so, but, I was going to say, when you do these, like when you're doing, um, when you're doing these love stories, is it always is it always going to be a happy ending? Do you, do you never leave things in a bad way, or do, does it all get sewed up? So, a love story doesn't have to have a happy ending. Um, I my brain is not registering. Um, there is a famous writer who's a lot of a lot of his books have been turned into like the notebook. Who wrote the notebook? I can't think at the top of my head. Mm, yeah. So his books are love stories because they don't always end well. It's about love, but it doesn't always end well. A romance has to end with a happily ever after. That's the that's the only major rule for a romance novel. It has to end happily ever after. You can do whatever you want to to them in the process. You can make them miserable. You can kill off their entire family and friends, but at the end of the day, they have to get the guy. Well, so it's a it's a perfect book for uh, people that want to get happy, feel happy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, romance. <laughs> I call romance uh, brain candy. <laughs> well. It's but it's interesting, you know. But but people really look for that, don't they? Yeah, I mean, when life is hard, you don't really want to read about hard lives. Um, you you want to read about something positive and a beat. And very often, um, romance pits that niche for a lot of people. And you know, so COVID. It is, you know, we live with some pretty depressing things. And when things, you know, back from November up until the 20th of January, things got really hot and heavy in the world. And so Rome, a lot of people escaped uh, the world by going into romance. Because you know, no matter what happens, it's going to end up positive. So, yeah, I think people do use it as a way to escape a hard life. Depressing times. Yeah. Well, that's pretty interesting. Um, so, how do you keep coming up with the stories? Like, how do you 
So when you talk about that, is it just from the letters you get or from people asking questions? And <laughs> No. No, no. So there's a story in my head all the time. I could sit here right now and we could come up with a plot. I could give you characters. Um, it, those exist in my head all the time. That's a little bit, I'm a little weird that way. I wake up in the morning with a, with a movie going on in my head that I've made up. Usually it's from a dream that I've woken up from that it just keeps revolving. Very often my, um, they call them plot bunnies. Uh, the stories that come to your, your mind and you don't have time to write them, you write them a very quick thing in your, in your journal and, and those are your plot bunnies for a future story. Plot bunnies come to me as I'm waking up in the morning. Um, but I'm inspired by a lot of different things. It could be a trip we're going. It could be something someone says to me. I have a, I have a series that's coming out in the next uh, few months that's written about Big Bend National Park, which I love. I really did love the National Park. But it was a woman. We were at this little motel, and this woman, um, they had chickens at the motel, which I thought was bizarre. <laughs> you know, it's it's exit. What can you say? Um, but I'm, I had my little Jack Russell, and we were overlooking at the chickens, and this woman comes out, and she's friendly until she sees my husband, and then she becomes nasty. Of course, you know, she's in my book. <laughs> Did you kill her off? I didn't, but I made her life really miserable. <laughs> you give her, you give her cancer, and she no, lost her foot. And I, I will say that she ended up. Uh, it was a bad thing. She she lost her home and had to go move to a horrible place, and it was really fun to. Her chickens died. <laughs> yeah, she it wasn't her chickens. The chickens got killed, but she certainly lost a lot. But you know that's a, you know. One statement or one thing that happened can completely create a series for me. Um, but yeah, that's, that's yeah. But you know, when you when you come across that, is that that's still an issue in the U.S. and um, like a big issue because she didn't like that you had a man as a husband, right? Yeah, it. I'm shocked by things, and then I'm not. So. That was in Texas, not very far from Big Bend National Park. And the woman, um, she was older, and she definitely had an issue with us. However, I live at the, like I said, I'm in a park at the moment that's 55 or older, and there's a bunch of snowbirds around me. And I'm not 55, but uh, they allowed me to stay here. They want the young, hot. I am no young whippersnapper, and I enjoy it. (laughs) They want the stud walking around the park in the shorts. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Although you see some of these these men are definitely more studly than I am. (laughs) They work out everything. But um, I'm here amongst all these older people from all over the country, and I have had zero negative responses in regards to our sexuality. Yeah, it seems, you know, it's funny, well, it's not funny, but it's, um, you know, like even in Canada, you know, things have been uh, legal for over 20 years, like far, far ahead, and it's sort of blended in. You get into the States, there's still a lot of issue. Um, No, it's only been legal for, what, six years for us to get married. I I lived in, I'm from Tennessee. I lived in Missouri for many, many years. Uh, Missouri was hateful. Yeah. Personally, uh, we were foster parents, and and they they did not want us to be foster parents, and they made our lives miserable as a result. I don't want to go into a lot of detail about that, but they were they were actively working against us being foster parents. And while in the night in the early two thousands, Missouri passed a constitutional amendment against me and Chuck so that we would never be able to be married. A constitutional amendment. They also passed a law, and then Tennessee did the same thing. Tennessee and Missouri are the only two states that I think also passed a law that's called Don't uh, Don't Say Gay, making it illegal for teachers to use the word gay in classrooms. 
So, yeah, I mean, it, that was just a few years ago. <laughs> it was horrible. It's crazy. Horrible to experience that. So the fact that we are as far along today as we are, considering how horrible it was just a few years ago, I think we've made leaps and bounds in our, in our human rights here in the state. But does, does that make it does that make it more of a challenge for you to write uh, gay romance? Like you feel, no. no, no, it doesn't bother no, you. No, at, at this point in my life, I'm like screw you. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, gonna write it, and I'm going to write what I feel, and I'm going to put what my thoughts are. You know, here I am in this very it is rather conservative community that I'm in, and I've got a gay flag out, and I've I, I'm on the Facebook page, and I've. I've got author Blake Allwood. <laughs> well, you know, but I, I'm I'm going to tell you probably a lot of the the straight client uh, they have no idea that Blake Allwood is not a real name. Well, that's true. Right, well, Blake I mean, Allwood is a real name. It's just not. Well, no, but you know what I mean. Like they don't. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They they probably think that's. Well, that's they all know where I'm at because they they come visit me. But yeah, the ones around me, but they probably think I am Blake. Uh, they don't call me by my real name. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that it's not. It's funny because uh, in the gay world, you can pick up things, um, subtleties that I don't think they get in in their world. So you know, no, probably, no. you're talking about my last name. All yeah, wood. they're not thinking all wood. <laughs> oh as, no, these people are perverts up in here. Trust me, these little these little old women know exactly what I was doing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, now, these were hippies. You forget this is the hippie generation. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's crazy. Well, that's funny. Uh, now, but you are you putting now in the romance? Do you put some of your own romance into it? Not, not between my my husband and me, no. But you know, my experience as a gay man go in there. Um, well, were you a virgin until you got married? Oh hell no! Excuse me, I should not say hell. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. No, that's all right. Are you kidding? I'm a gay man. Did you miss that part? No. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> You could be, I came out when I was 19, was wild as a buck. Um, oh. But do I put my own, I mean, here's the thing. I'm writing as a gay man. I'm not, you know, I'm actually writing in my own voice here. Um, so it's my experience that I'm writing the sex scene. I will say this, and we talked about this last time too, and I've heard other others and your guests, Speak a little bit to it as well. Other other guests that you've had. Sorry, I can't hardly talk today. Um, I experienced sex as a man, I think, and a gay man, but definitely as a man in general, differently than women experience sex. So when I write a, a sex scene, it might be, you know, he gave me a blowjob and it was awesome. <laughs> and that yeah. would be how I would describe it. <laughs> It was great. Um, but uh, but the female readers, they want a lot more detail, and they want oohs and ahs and broken sentences. And I see, I don't do that. That's not how I have sex. So, um, you know, I'm all up in my head enjoying the experience. <laughs> not worried about how he feels. I really, truly don't care. <laughs> so, so. Uh are you practicing but you can't do that when you're writing a gay romance. Oh. You, especially if your audience is mostly women, you have to write it so that they are able to get into it. What, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I was going to say, so do you, do you get your husband to act out these scenes to see if they work? <laughs> no. It's oh. a great idea, but I have asked him a couple times. I said, hey, honey, I read this. We should try that out. And he just looks at me. Oh. You know, we've been together for 26 years, Valentine's Day. That's good. It's been a while. Yeah, but that's a good thing, right? It's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so, so so many men don't um, last that together. Yeah, and only that. Um, I will say that there's a lot of couples that stay stay together, but there's a lot of them have open relationships. Now, I think if I remember right, you guys don't. No, we never did. Uh, we talked about it in the beginning, um, and it, it didn't work for us. You know, we tried it out. It just was weird. It didn't quite work. I think it works for a lot of people, but it, it, it wasn't quite right for us. 
Do you put that in your books then too? Does that does that fit in? Because that is a big thing with with gay couples, with male couples, the whole idea of uh, open relationships and stuff. So does that ever get addressed in a romance book? It does. A lot of the women who write romance um, add open relationship uh, and, and multiple partners into their relationship. You know, I write what I I know and what I've experienced and. Since most of my since my relationship is monogamous, that tends to be what I write. Um, I've thought about doing an open relationship, but I I don't. It's one of those things I don't quite understand it enough or well enough as um, as an author to I think put it into the right context. Um, it would be better coming from someone who has had an open relationship that's worked. I think. Yeah, but would a, would a woman know that? Like. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not trying to get controversial here, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, but, you know, a woman, no matter what sex she is, like as in gay or straight or whatever, but when you, typically they're not having open relationships like male couples, so would they really know kind of what it's like to do that? Most women write from a fantasy perspective, so this is just their fantasy. Um Okay, so it's not like it's... Yeah, so they're writing, they're writing sex, uh, relationship, as they would want to have it if they were in an imaginary gay relationship. There's very, some of them do a really good job with reality. I, I don't think that that's their goal, though. They're, they're writing to... There's actually a formula that I read, and it's not just for gay... Uh, or M.M. romance is what they call uh, what gay, gay novels written for women, uh, women writing for women. They usually call that M.M. romance. And there's a formula to what they want that to look like and how they want that to be. Um, and if you don't follow that formula, they get really grumpy about it. So... It is a very fantasy-driven um, concept that that I don't write well to. <laughs> I have to have help. I have editors that help me um, hone my books to that audience. Sounds like it's quite a bit more um, um, layered or you know complicated than just wham bam. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, that's that's and I have a lot I have a lot of email writers that are friends of mine that or acquaintances I guess is more accurate, and we talk about that. You know, for us, sex is wham bam. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we are, we really like it and we we seek it and we you know we're intense about it, but we don't you know it, we're not as emotionally involved about sex, and, and I know I'm stereotyping, and I know you've got people in your audience going, oh, my God, this guy is, is being a stereotypical guy. Um, but there is some reality to that. I think, you know, as, as men in general, I think we see think, we see sex more of, you know, just straightforward, let's do it, let's have fun. It is fun. Um, but it's functional. Fun. It's functional. functional and fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's fun, Alan. It's fun. Well, yeah. And you can have. Yeah. I think. I think. What you're trying to say. Maybe I'm wrong. But is that um, two men can have fun functionally, and separate that between a re- a relationship or, um, you know, maybe um, love. Or intimacy, or, or something like that. There is a difference between the two. Yeah, I think gay. I think men in general, especially gay men. Again, I'm stereotyping. I apologize to the world. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. No, I think you're right. Men in general can do it, like straight men or gay men. I think we do it, and it's not a matter of can do it, for the most part, certainly not all guys, but for the most part, we don't collapse emotions and sex. That's That's not just a given. For the most part, I think women... And this is, again, stereotyping, and I'm, I'm hesitant to do it, but I think as, as a rule, I don't even say that. Well, I think a lot, uh, the majority of women tend to be more emotional about sex. And, of course, this has been discussed for generations, um, so this is not a new concept. Right. But, but I think that there's, you know, things are changing in the modern world. I think women are much more liberal, liberated sexually and therefore don't fit that stereotype. I think men, some men are much more emotionally triggered by sex. Uh, and therefore, you know, they don't fit the stereotype. But as a general rule, even today, I think men um, can have sex with another man and not have any emotional connection to that person at all. Yeah. Or I think it's diff- more difficult for yeah, I agree with that. I don't think it's you don't have to worry about this the, the idea. I mean, there's always going to be someone that disagrees with that and someone that doesn't fit that. But the rule, I think in general, I mean, well, you can say from your personal experience, and that's all we can really talk about, right? Right. We can't really talk about um others. I mean, for me, um I've lived almost 60 years and for me, it just seems to be uh, the people I've been around and known and and still no, it seems to be true that uh, for the most part, uh, gay men, um, majority of them are very fluid. Um, straight men are a close second. <laughs> yep. Uh, and well, that, and also don't, you know, we don't have women in our relationship. Yeah. And yeah. so that makes a big difference, too. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it seems to me, from the woman I do know, they're, they're much more... Um, emotionally tied to the men they're having sex with they're much more involved and there's nothing wrong with that it's just that's how i how i have seen it and it it doesn't mean everybody of course and and and, you know i've had this conversation with some of my uh, with with women well since i was a you know young and as a young adult we we would discuss it and it's like you know why why do women feel more emotional about sex and i don't 
there's all these theories that they would give and some that I have myself. And I don't really, you know, in, in regard, I'm a gay guy. You're a gay guy. For us, women don't really come into um, into our relationships at all uh, when it comes to sex. We don't have sex with women. So um, I don't, you know, I don't certainly, I certainly don't want to be mansplaining <laughs> female sexuality. Oh. And I certainly don't want to be making assumptions about it because I don't have a lot of connection to it. I do know that as a writer, very often I am criticized because I'm not emotional enough in my uh, descriptions of, of um, two men having sex. And therefore I have to hire women <laughs> to help me edit them so that I am meeting their needs, my readers' needs. So, and that's really where I'm coming from in this conversation. Again, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to, um, for anyone listening to this to think that I am trying to push my own perspective onto women's sexuality, because I don't. <laughs> yeah, he is. Now, his email is, I'll give you his phone number, and you <laughs> oh, can just no. contact him. All hate mail go directly. Send it to Alan. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I don't have time for it. You know, the thing is, it's true. I mean, it's just what it is what it is. It's not a bad thing to have emotion with your sexual partners. It's just, it, it just, if that's what you do and are, that's great. And if you're not, that's great, too. I just think that there's no judgment here. Yeah, and, and for me, personally, um, I, I'm in a long-term relationship with a man that I'm monogamous with. So sex with him is definitely much more emotional than it was when I was having, you know, a fling with a guy that I, you know, went out with once much more intimate with my husband than I ever was people that I was just beginning to get to know. I was still having sex with them, but um, I wasn't emotionally attached to them in any way, really, to be honest. Um, yeah, no, and that's how it is. And I think that that's the difference. The biggest difference in, in my female friends who would start dating, they may have sex on the first date, but then they were attached. Um, and that doesn't represent everyone, but it did represent them. Uh, I had sex with a guy, and I wasn't attached at all. <laughs> that, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I was really glad for him to be gone the next day. <laughs> next day, that night. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I need some sleep. Get out. Um, I don't know. I think that, um, yeah, it's just, it just, I think that you have to understand that sex is different for everyone, right? We have different. Well, and maybe that's what we should be talking about, is how sex is different for everyone uh, instead of stereotyping. That, yeah, that, yeah. Approach. Yeah, you know, or the positive approach is, in general, for men, gay men, for sure. It's just about uh, there's a functionality to it, there's a pleasure to it, as well as love, but um, a lot of gay men in their relationships have both, so, yeah. and can be successful, just as there's ones that don't. So, I, you know, just how it is. Absolutely. So how, how now, because this is still a very um, new category to me, um, the idea of male-male romance. Like, how far do you go? Like, how many, how many stories can you tell? Yeah, well, I can tell it over and over again. Um, so there's a, I think we should distinguish the MM romance market isn't very old, a decade, a little over a decade. I've seen different people debating longer. Definitely in the 70s, there were, were people who were writing um, books that, that might be considered, like the front runner, that might be considered um, a romance novel. Uh, others don't consider it a romance novel. Um, but MM romance, so the this what what this kind of got its formula now. Uh, it needs to be a certain way. That's only been around for a little over a decade, I think. If I'm, you know, following the people who are talking about that. There's another kind of category that's evolving, that hasn't found its place quite yet, but it's coming. And you might call it gay romance. It's more of an own voice 
where gay men are telling the story about gay rom- uh, relationships. Definitely have some of those emotional, you know, might be a little bit more emotional in their descriptions of sex than, you know, oh my God, that was a great blowjob. Um, so it, it's kind of evolving. And I think it will continue to evolve. Um, the MM and gay romance will, and they might evolve apart, the point that I'm making. As far as a romance writer, um, Nora Roberts is one of my favorite romance authors. She writes straight romance, and she's been at it for a very long time. And I think she has around 200, 250 books out. If you read her books, you you do get to a point where you're wondering, you know, there's a formula to her books as well. You can tell she kind of came up with it on her own. Uh, And then she veers away from that formula and has a different you know, love is, there's a lot of similarity to, similarities to everyone's uh, romantic relationship. And then there's differences. And so I, I think you can write that story many, many times and have nuances that, that make it interesting. I read a lot of romance. So, it, you know, and I don't, I don't. I really don't feel like I'm um, reading the same story. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now you're you're adding a lot of um, like you you get into um, suspense too, don't you? Don't you add some? Yeah, but you know, again, I'm, I've had a lot of criticism because I don't stick with just one. Like a lot of people will just be a contemporary romance author. Uh, Some people will be suspense romance. Some people will be paranormal romance. I love Nora Roberts, and Nora didn't stick to just one. Um, So I I like the new one. I like to try different things. I like to play with a lot of different components of of the subgenre, which is what we call gay or MM romance, the subgenre of romance. Wow. Yeah, so I do like to get into the different ones. But are you so? But you're going to keep doing this, eh? Like you have no intention of of going to, like uh, all of a sudden crime fiction or you know science fiction or something different. I make no promises. It won't be under Blake Allwood. I'll have a different pen name if I if I move over to a different um, approach. I love science fiction and I absolutely love uh, fantasy. Uh, Terry Brooks. Um, I I just love those kinds of books. I haven't been inspired to write them yet, but I might be in the future. So, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not committing to not writing more different genres. Yeah, you'd have to change your name to, like, Dr. Banner or something. Yeah, right? something fun. We, something. We, should, we should have your people write in. Here's a new pen name for you. <laughs> <laughs> create a name and create a name. So now I, now I also noticed that now a while ago you started what with your Our Own Voice and, and gay writers and stuff. So what, what, so what is that all like? Maybe, maybe explain it to someone that doesn't know. So romance is very heavily um, occupied by, by women. And, um, mm-hmm. there, and that includes MM romance. So as I told you before, over, Originally, it was like 90 to 95% of gay romance was written by, or MM romance was written by women. Now we're around, and then read by women. Now it's, it's left, I think it's like 85, 88%. And so there are more gay men who are beginning to write gay fiction or gay romance. As that changes, we have a lot of allies that love us, that support us. Uh, a lot of straight ally writers who write gay romance or MM romance that are lovely and wonderful. Most, I say, over 98, 99% are just fantastic. There is a very small segment of the MM romance community who are nasty and not at all <laughs> easy to work with. And um, and there are some readers who will actually, I, I was in one group not long ago where there, there was a reader who said, gay men don't write gay romance well. And I'm like, what? 
Did you really just? In fact, that's how I responded. Did you really just say that? <laughs> so there has. So basically, what's happened, I think, in the last few years, last two or three years especially, is I think there needs to be a place where gay men, especially, and then other people in the LGBTQ plus community need a place where they can have their own voice heard and not be competing with this formula that that people put out. So there's a lot of, there's, I just read a book uh, by Philip, um, let me see if I can get his name here, I pulled it up, Philip William Stover. And Philip wrote about, his main character was a bear, a gay bear. Now, that does not fit into any trope that I know <laughs> in M.M. Romance. But he will need to be able to get his book out in the world and, and have gay men especially, because that's who would want to read that book. Um, he needs a place where he can get his book seen um, and, and, and market it. And so my husband, Sean, and I sat down together, and we came up with a website, a virtual bookstore called LGBTQOwnVoice.com. By the way, that was a promo. <laughs> Go there. Um, <laughs> but it is where own voice authors can come in and say, hey, I'm a gay person writing gay romance, or I am a queer person writing, um, you know, whatever. And that way people, so it helps on both sides. The, the authors can can market themselves as a um, own voice author, but it's also a place where people who want to read own voice authors' work have a place to find it. And I have, and I talked about this last time I was on your show, I've had an untold number of gay men tell me they don't want anything to do with the um, MM romance world because they don't feel that the book's relate to them. And they're right. It, it wasn't written to relate to them. But in this world, the own voice authors are writing like the book from Philip Stover. It was written for men, for gay men. And um, so if you're looking for that kind of thing, you can go on to the own voice website and find the book that actually would speak to you. <clears throat> and then as an own voice author, it gives me an opportunity to write books for gay men. I don't have to follow this formula over here. I'm going to write something that, you know, my gay or bisexual male following would be more interested in. And so it just, it opens up a lot of opportunities. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's a good idea. I, I personally feel that I don't really belong to too many gay groups because um, none of them like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've actually, I was in one Again, 99, 98%, 99% are lovely, lovely women who are so supportive, and they really are allies. I've been in one or two that I had to leave because they were hateful. And I, there was one experience. It wasn't mine. It was one I heard uh, about a gay man who had come in. He was older, and he asked the question about, you know, why is there so many women here? <laughs> and I guess it just decimated him. They were so hateful. Uh, yeah. I, again, this was I mean, this is um, circumstantial evidence. I'm coming from someone else's perspective, but I didn't actually experience it. But I have seen people come down after uh, people who have asked that question. Of course, in my groups, I I nip that in the bud real quick. But um, yeah. I, well, they're all political, and and it's really it's really uh, it's really a tough thing to deal with. Most of the group, I don't belong to too many of them, because most of them are very political, and they've got all these rules and ideas about what they think is right and wrong and stuff like that. And, and frankly, my writing doesn't fit most of them. So no, you're you're writing a very different thing, and you don't necessarily have gay characters in your books. No, but, there are in a few of them, but that's not. It's not my focus, right? So I don't know. And so I, it would be difficult. And, you know, where do you, it would be hard to fit into those roles. 
I, my goal with own voice authors is that you would be able to have your books on there, but you would be clear. You'd be able to tell people I'm a gay author, but I'm not necessarily writing gay romance or I'm not necessarily, you know, my characters aren't necessarily gay because sometimes I just want to read something a gay man wrote <laughs> because well, yeah. we do have a similar perspective on things. Yeah, I think that's kind of the idea. That's the way I always looked at it, um, because we want to be treated that way in, in the mainstream world. We want to be able to publish a book or produce a documentary or whatever we do and have it accepted for what it is, not not reject it because I'm gay or looked right. at differently, right? If, if we want that, we also have to treat our own that way. You're right. Uh, and, and I'm not getting that feeling. I get the feeling like if I don't adapt to what I'm supposed to be like as a gay man, then all of a sudden, no, we don't want you in here. And there's been a few groups like that. And so I just I just usually don't even bother joining now because you get that sort of an attitude. It's kind of like, well, I, you know, I've got so much going on. I really don't want to get into a fight, you know, with people. Oh, yeah. You know, it is what it is. I like Wiener and <laughs> always have. And and but yet I write true crime and I write cults and I write all these books that are nonfiction, but I'm not supposed to, I guess. And and oh. gay men well, are supposed to read it. Supposed to. Anytime someone is telling me what to do or how to act, that's a good time for me to know that, that they are not where I belong. <laughs> I am not their target demographic. Yeah, and it makes no sense because, you see, so I just put it out and whoever's interested in that type of work, I, I and if they're good, I'll, I'll join that group because it's not, like I said, I want anybody to read it. I want someone to read it and kind of go, yeah, I like it, or they don't like it, whatever, but they read it because of the, the subject, not, not going, oh, well, I think he's queer. I don't know if I want that, <laughs> right? Um, no, you're going to have that some, I'm sure. Well, you're always going to have some that hate you for that, and if they find yeah. out it does it right, blah, blah, blah. Just like if you're up and on and you go, oh, I love Trump, right? There's people that will hate you. I know I don't want to have Trump lovers on my social media, and it's not because I hate them. It's just that I don't want to see all that stuff being posted. So I understand selection, but... Um, but again, as gay people, if we want our stuff that we produce to be um, at least accepted by the public, we also have to accept ourselves, and and I see that as an issue. You know, you I certainly think yes. I the meanest people to other gay people are gay people, and yeah. that is, I am sorry, that is not a stereotype. That is absolute fact. Yeah. If if you if I have known from an early age, um, when I first came out, a closeted gay man will kill you. <laughs> it will come after you. And then politician after politician, the nastier they are, the more likely they're gay yeah. when it comes to gay issues. But also in the open and the people who are out of the closet, they can just be absolutely nasty to other gay people. You know, as a 49-year-old man, almost 50, I don't really run into that very much anymore because, you know, I'm not on the market. I'm off the market. I've been off the market for a long time. So if you think I'm fat, well, I am. <laughs> You'll be okay. It don't have anything to do with you, and it don't have anything to do with me, um, how you feel about me. So I have a little different perspective on that. But I, I you are right. I, I do think we are more critical of each other than we are of other people. And yeah. that, that does make it hard. But I don't really, I don't really get involved in those groups either. I'm just not drawn to them. Um, I'm more drawn to the groups, at least on Facebook, that have pretty men, <laughs> pretty pictures of men, uh, big old muscular men. I like a little hair, you know. I, I like my, I like my men bear like. <laughs> I do like a little belly, you know. <laughs> so those are the groups that I'm attracted to. <laughs> so you like grinder scruff. <laughs> Grinder. I don't know anything about Grinder to be honest with you. I, I downloaded the, I downloaded the app and it didn't do much for me. Um, but I, I like, what is it? Bears and otters. I'm trying to remember all the things. <laughs> I'm so out of it, Alan. We really are showing my ignorance here. No, that's fine. It's all. Everybody's good. It doesn't matter. So that's that's quite the. Um, 
Well, that's really... So, what's next? Now what? Well, so book-wise, I have... I have a dozen books that are in editing at the moment. I have my final uh, book in the Chant series. Um, it is not, you know, Martin and Peter were exes, and so those those books are kind of odd books to make a series out of anyway. But um, Peter's friend, Clay, or, sorry, Joshua, inherits a um, orange grove in Mesa, Arizona, where I'm actually living at the moment. And, um, in fact, where I'm sitting used to be an orange grove. Um, he and then he inherits this, and so he is moving out to this area um, from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And so there's a lot about that. Uh, so that's the next book coming out. It actually was um, – I had a publisher agree to take that book, and then I backed out and decided to stay public stay self-published, but um, I, I don't know if that means it's better or what, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> well, why would, why, why would you back out? Like what, you know, you don't have to name the publisher, but why, what's the deal with backing out? Are you just unsure about publishers or what? I'm, the contract was really uh, pretty intense, and uh, they would have owned anything I write about Mesa, Arizona, or Phoenix, or anything in this area the way the contract was written, and it was just too much for me. Uh, my attorney looked at it, and she agreed. It, it was a little bit too much. Uh, and self-publishing, you know, I it's pretty cool. I get to be in charge of everything. <laughs> yeah, once you learn it. control. Yeah, once you learn it, and if you've got good editors and all that sort of stuff and good cover designs, you can – you can yeah. you, you can do well with it. It's just getting it's getting a team together. I think. Yeah, that is hard, and that is the most difficult thing I have done. <clears throat> and my team isn't, you know, I'm not complete. I need a proofreader. I need a couple beta readers. You know, I've got I've got more places in my team uh, that need to be filled, and it's expensive. I mean, I have to pay for everything out of pocket. But at the end of the day, it's mine. I don't have to share it with anyone. So that, that makes it very desirable. And yeah. when you when you sign a contract, you really are making an agreement. It's like the contract I would have signed if I did if I took the publishing deal, they would have owned the rights to my books, a lot of my books uh, that I have already written that are in the editing process because they have first right of refusal to anything that comes after that book. And it was just too much for me. I could probably take it to a different publisher who doesn't have that same level of requirement. And I may in the future. I'm not against public, you know, traditional publishing. But but at the moment, self-publishing is doing me good. Well, mm. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so that book is coming out. It's called Taking a Chance for Love. And it'll be out in the next month or so. So now um, let's give out all of your websites. So where do people come find the great Blake Allwood? Well, the easiest, most direct way to find me is to go to my website, which is my name, at my name. Or that's my, I'm sorry, that's my email. My name, at my name. But if you want to go to my website, it's just my name.com. BlakeAllwood.com. Well, perfect. And, and it, yeah, I guess I just gave you my email, too, those who want to hate mail me. Please yeah, don't. send them all the, you know, please everybody. Don't, please don't. Everything that you're angry about in the world today, no, no. I want you to send them something. And t send them pictures because, you know, he's, you know, he's, a, he's in a little need of yeah, some so inspiration. Alan's email is. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, they, they can get a hold of me. Just send it through the station or through the website. Today, we've been talking with Blake Allwood, and we will um, – Perhaps be back for another show after this one. I don't know. Thanks very much, Blake. All right. Thank you. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. The mission has been completed. The end. By George, he's got it. It is the end. I'll see you. If you're lying to me, 
right back. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, Hosts or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.